Welcome to this week's commentary for the Sabbath School lesson here in the North New South Wales Conference. It's good to have you back. Work. I just wanted you to stop and think about that word, work. It's a, it's a very short word, but the word itself sounds like a burden. It sounds heavy. It, it sounds like a lot of work, just to, to put it briefly. You know, think of all of the things that you would rather be doing than work. Going out on the jet ski, playing a game of golf, going down to the, the shopping center and looking for things that you'd like to buy, uh, doing some crafts out in the garden. You know, there's so much that we would like to be doing that is not work. But on the other hand, I want you to stop and think of all of the things that have been accomplished through work. You know, for example, we, we have been able to, to travel out into space because somebody uh, in, a, in a space exploration team actually did the work of not only building those spacecrafts, but also planning the trajectory, the, the flight of those, those crafts out into to space. Think of, for example, amazing things like, like cities that have been, been built with all of the buildings, the roads, the, the, the traffic lights, the, the, the shops as well. Somebody put in the work for that to actually happen. You know, think of, think of for example, a, an exquisite symphony we, we enjoy listening to it. It, it can be something we, we just sit back and relax to. But some composer at some point sat down to, to do the work of actually writing it out with all of the parts for the different um, instruments in the orchestra. You know, a lot of things have been accomplished in this world through work when you stop to think about it. So... Let's dive a little bit deeper than just uh, having that natural reflex about work. What is work? Well, work is part of the fact that we are made in the image of God, as Genesis uh, 1 says. We, we have been made in the image of God. And what does that involve? That involves two things. Number one, being made in the image of God means that we are creative. We, we can, can imagine ideas and we can create them. We can create new things. But it's not only having the ideas which are really important. It's also having the power to actually change things, to, to bring things into being. Now, for sure, for sure, we don't have God's power of bringing something from nothing. Remember what it says in, in Genesis and also Psalms. It says that God could speak and whole planets would come into existence. A whole universe would come into existence. A beautiful planet. But the reality of it is this. Is that our being made in the image of God means that we have both the creativity and the power to work and, and do things. If work is part of the image of God in us, then what it means is this, 
is that our work has the stamp of divinity in it. It has the stamp of divinity in it. Now, of course, our work is not divine. It's something that we have created. It's something we have done. But I want you to think uh, back to that, that passage in Romans, Romans chapter 1. Paul tells us, he's starting his, his epic epistle on, on the gospel and how the gospel works and how the good news of the salvation that Jesus Christ has given to us. We'll go to every single one, not only to the Jew, but to the Gentile as well. And from the Gentile, it will come back to the Jews um, too, which is a beautiful, beautiful story of God's work. But you know what Paul tells us in Romans chapter 1 is this. He says that we can clearly see God's eternal power and divine nature in the things that he has made. What he's saying is literally this, is that we can see two things in the work of God, God's eternal power and his divine nature. And remember, he says this is clearly seen. We can clearly perceive it in the things that he has made. So when we, we, we step forward into our work, what that tells us, is that our power and our character can be seen in our work. Think about that. Our power and our character can be seen in, in our work. You know, this is a very profound thought. It's, it's something we need to stop and think about. What sort of power, what level of power, and what sort of character can be seen in your work? What sort of uh, power and character can be seen in my work because this is a very consistent theme in the Bible. You know, in Ecclesiastes 9 verse 10, Solomon says, Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might, for there is no work or thought or knowledge or wisdom in Sheol to which you are going. So he's saying, you know, where, wherever you are, whatever you uh, find the opportunity to do something, do it with all of your might. Now, might is the old English word for power. Remember, God is called the Lord God Almighty, all-powerful. So might is power. And so what Solomon is saying is he's saying this, do your work with your might, with your power. And why, why is that? Well, Solomon says, for there is no work in Sheol. Sheol is the word for, for grave. So, so what he's saying is this, work is part of life. If you want life, if you want to be part of, of God's plan for life, then, then work is part of that realm. It's not part of death. You know, you hardly ever see a, a job advert where, where one of the conditions of, of a person getting the job is that they they need to be dead. Of course, it, it's almost, you know, humorous to even think of that. Why is that? Because dead people do not work. Dead people can't work. There is no work or thought or knowledge or wisdom in Sheol. There's no, there's no effort. There's no power. There's no thinking. There, there's, no, there's no understanding. There's no wisdom to where we're going. So this is our opportunity for, for work. This is our opportunity in life as well. And so the question is this, what level of power can be seen in your work? 
What level of power? Is it a, does it match the kind of power that God has created you to have? Does, is it a, is it a uh, close correspondence with what God has made you to be? And the interesting thing is this, is it's not only in the New Testament, sorry, the Old Testament, I should say, it's also in the New Testament too. So Paul in Colossians 2 verse 23, if you want to turn in your Bibles with me, it says, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord, not for men, knowing that from the Lord you'll receive the inheritance as your reward. Same thing, do it with your might, work heartily as for the Lord. And here it tells us there's a specific focus in our work, an ultimate focus in our work. So often when we do our work, we, we tend to think of, you know, who, who is our supervisor, our boss, our manager, our, our, our line manager. But the reality is that Paul is saying that ultimately our work is for God. It's for God and not for men. And the beautiful thing as well is this, is that Paul tells us there is a reward for our work. There is a reward for our work. We're not saved by our works. Our relationship with God is, is not defined. It's not, we, we don't justify ourselves by, by our work. But there is a reward. The amount of energy, the amount of power that we put into our work will be rewarded. And so, so there's, there's a value. That there's, there's, um, there's consequences there's an outcome, there is a reward for the amount of energy that we put into our work, the amount of, of, of time and application we put into our work. The second thing is this, as Romans says, it's not only God's eternal power, but it's his, his divine nature as well. Our character is also revealed in our work. You know, we're not just robots that... that make widgets. We're not people that just do do things and, and leave the consequences behind. Our character is revealed in our work as well. And so Paul in, in 1 Corinthians 10 verse 31 says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Do all to the glory of God. And here, when the Bible talks about the glory of God, He's actually talking about the character of God. That is God's glory. In what way did Jesus reveal the glory of God? It wasn't a dazzling uh, light. It wasn't extreme brightness. It, it wasn't any of those, those things. It was in the character that Jesus revealed God. Remember when Moses asked God, please show me your glory. What did, what did God do? Well, first of all, he put him in the, the cleft of the rock. Uh, reminding us of that beautiful song. Uh, but what what did he actually show him? He showed him his character. A God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty. This is the character of God. And this is what we need to reveal in our work. This is what we need to reveal in our work. Paul also um, says in Colossians 3 verse 17, whatever you do, do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks 
to the God, to God the Father through him. And there you have the, the name of the Lord Jesus, God's name. Jesus' name is, is in some ways encapsulates, in some ways kind of summarizes the character of God. It's connected with his character. So here we have a choice. Here we have a choice. How much power, how much energy, how much zeal do we put into our work? And, and, and the Bible, Solomon, Paul is saying, we need to put as much energy, we need to put as much power and might into our work as God has given to us to, to do. The second thing is this, is that the character, our character is displayed in our work. In life, there are two kingdoms at work. There are two kingdoms being played out. And the question is this, what kingdom is dis being displayed in your work? Galatians 5.19 says, now the works of the flesh are evident. And that works, those works can be seen in your work, can be seen in my work as well. You can see them. Just like it said that, that God's eternal power and divine nature are clearly perceived, the Bible also tells us that our works, that we can see it clearly. They're evident. They're evident. The works of the flesh are evident. You can see it at work. You can see it at work. But then there's, there's another choice. There's another pathway. There's another kingdom. Because Galatians 5 verse 22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is, and it goes on, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, and the rest of the fruit of the Spirit. But notice this, fruit, fruit of the Spirit. What does that mean? That is the work of the Spirit. That, that is God's Spirit at work in you. His character being manifest, displayed in you. At any one point in time, your work displays two different kingdoms. Can one or the other? Two different natures. And the question that you need to ask as well is this. Not only how much might, how much power, how much zeal, how much energy you're putting into your work, but also what is the kingdom that is on display day by day, moment by moment basis. Because, why is this important? The reason that it is important is because our work is actually a witness for God. We are a work of God made in the image of God. And then our work reflects back on him, reflects back to him. So we can witness for God. We can either witness for God um, through our work or we can be a witness for God um, in terms of uh, showing another kingdom, the kingdom that he has warned us about, the kingdom that he has warned us about. In Matthew 5, verse 16, on the Sermon of the Mount, Jesus says, In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Good works glorifies God. Good works glorify God. And that includes our, the time that we spend at work as well. People see your work and are drawn to God. Not only your evangelistic work, not only your ministry at church, not only the way you, you um, engage in recreational activities, it's also your works at work. 
And when people see good works, they are drawn to God. They're drawn to God. And, and when you let your light shine, when, you, when your words and your work are consistent, then they can glorify your Father in heaven. You see, this is very important. You can be a good worker, but if you never bear witness with your words, then people would never know who to give the glory to, who to attribute those good works to you. Is it, is it your good works? Or is it God working through and in you? His power, his character, his nature. I want to share a story with you that comes from the, the, the Sabbath school lesson for this week, the, the Christian and work. And it tells a story of a patient who was dying in Florida hospital. And he, he had a very close friend who, who was just sitting there being by his side, just being that presence that he needed. And, and while he was there, there was nurses coming in and out. They were taking care of the, the patient. You know, uh, some, some nurses, uh, like any other profession, there, there's a hard-heartedness, there's a roughness, there's, uh, there, there's, a, there's a callousness. It can come with any profession, a tradie, a, a doctor, professor, uh, even even in, in, in Christian circles. But these nurses were, were caring. They, they showed the compassion, the, the mercy, the, the loving kindness of, of God. And, and, you know, the, the, the friend of this patient who was dying was just blown away, just incredibly blown away. And so he, uh, he started to, to ask and, and talk with the with the staff with the nursing staff and the managers and and the medical team and said you know i noticed something really consistent here you know in in other places you you have you know some are callous and and um, maybe all of them are really really kind of rough they they've they, they just have had their feel of of demanding patience and they become really um hard-hearted about it but this team of nurses was was caring. So he started to ask, you know, where did they do their training? How did they learn to to actually become like this? And and what it says is this is in the in the story, uh, the people, each person he'd asked, they were they were trained, they were educated at Florida Hospital College. And he was just blown away. Big impression. He just thought this is amazing. Imagine my friend is dying and I'm here uh, filled with the grief of having to lose my friend. And here I'm surrounded by caring nurses, almost like angels, you know, and, and it was such a beautiful experience. And so what he did is he, he started to go to Florida Hospital College to see what it's like. Why? Because he, he wanted to, to, to learn how it was done. How, how could it be that these nurses were so caring? And he saw the, the difference that it makes, the education process, the training for their nursing work, their medical work. You know, it, it was such a, a, a big uh, deal for him. It, it made such a big impression that in, in the end, he gave a donation of $100,000 to educate more nurses like that. I want to see more nurses 
like the nurses that cared for my friend. What an incredible, what an incredible story. The character of God seen in those nurses, seen in those nurses. Now, uh, the, the story doesn't tell us whether they're Christian or not, but certainly God's character was still seen in them. But there's another reality too. There's another pathway. And we need to be clear about this. Paul is clear about this. Is that evil works, hard-heartedness, callousness can repel people from God. Just today I got an email from someone who, who watched one of my TV programs about the, the evidence for God, the, the nature of God, the properties of God, his omnipotence, his, the fact that he is all-powerful, his, his goodness, his moral perfection. And this person wrote back very, very angry. He said, where is this God when priests who are alleged to be God's representatives on earth are abusing and raping kids behind a pulpit while their bosses, their work bosses, the, the bishops and the cardinals hide evidence and protect these sick criminals at work, swapping their sick photos with, with other priests. You know, the, the amount of emotion that, that you can feel in that, that email message, you would have to say that I, I think he's experienced some of those evil works. Those evil works, as he clearly described, can occur within Christian circles. And clearly in his case, they have repelled him from God. And so we have this choice. We have this choice. As it says in, in um, uh, Galatians chapter 5, in Galatians chapter 5, we have this amazing, amazing passage about the, uh, the nature of God, the character of God that can be displayed in us. And Paul calls us, but I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. This is about doing. This is about the work that, that you do. And so what Paul is saying is, but I say, walk by the Spirit. Or if I may, just make a slight change and say, but I say, work by the Spirit. Work by the Spirit. Do not work according to the desires of the flesh. Covetousness, greed, pride, self-exaltation. No, work by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. It is so, so important. There's something very important as well here, which we need to touch on as well. And that is what we call the sacred-secular divide. Very, very important in, in our Christian circles. Because so often what happens is this, is that we think to ourselves, God has given us six days for work. There's a commandment. And the seventh day is given to God. So, so we put work in one box, in one compartment, and we put our spiritual life in the other. So evangelism is in our spiritual box, in our spiritual compartment on Sabbath. And then our secular work is, is in the other compartment. This was really vividly portrayed to me when I was a teenager. 
living in um, in Hong Kong. Each each Sabbath, I went down to the hospital church, Mountain View Church, at um, Chunwan Adventist Hospital, and um, we we loved going to just Sabbath school and church. Now, one of the uh, the people who was um, involved in in the AWR radio broadcast from Guam, the programs were being developed, the work was being done in Hong Kong. Was a was it a, um, a an American um, teacher and pastor named John Ash, um, an amazing person who became a real spiritual mentor in my life. And um, he not only uh, decided that he would take on the junior Sabbath school, and we learned so much from from John in Sabbath school, but he also at one point took on the role of being Sabbath school superintendent, and. and uh, he would be part of the program of 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 uh, Sabbath school inspiration, the the preliminaries as as we would call it each each week, and and John Ash had because he had a teaching background, he he liked to teach using object lessons, and I guess the emphasis on this was in the object. He would need an object, and so. You know, he, what he would do uh, here for this particular series, we had a a garbage dump, a rubbish dump behind us. And and so people would take their bags of rubbish. But not only that, it was kind of like the council collection at the same time. So he put everything went there, lots of things. So one time he came up and there was a stop sign that he would picked up and he, he had this all veiled with a sheet and he pulled off the sheet and, and gave us this this. A lesson about the stop sign, and um, it was it was really kind of stunning because you just didn't expect a stop sign in church. But this time he came along, and there was something else, another object behind the sheet. And of course, all of us were wondering what's behind the sheet. And then he 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 grabbed a hammer, and we thought, wow, this is this is going to get a bit dangerous. Uh, going to get a bit um, physical, and, and then he ripped off the sheet, and there was a a cabinet. Nothing quite as exciting as a stop sign, but you know it was what John Ash did then, which was so powerful, because John, in the middle of church, in the middle of Sabbath school, before we headed to our Sabbath school start uh, classes, started to bash away at the shelves in this cupboard with his hammer, and there was this big bang. Bang, bang. And, and not only was he um, hammering into these shelves, but he was literally uh, breaking those shelves apart to the point where there was one single cabinet. It was, it was such a um, uh, memorable experience. You, you were riveted. What is John doing? And his point was this. As he said, so often our lives, our lives are like that cupboard. That, that, that we have these shelves, these compartments. We put our spiritual um, uh, work, we put our spiritual activities on Sabbath in that compartment. And we've got our work compartment. And he said, you know, God never intended us to have this sacred, secular divide. It's an artificial partition that we have created. A, a wall like like the the Berlin Wall, which there was no reason for it to be there. Why why should 
West Germans be separated from East Germans? It doesn't make any sense. And in the same way, why should our spiritual life be, be separated, partitioned from our uh, secular, from our, the sacred and the secular? Why is that divide there? And of course, we know so well that as human beings, we are whole beings, holistic. We, we, we can't break us down into to mind, um, spirit, body, and soul. We can't do that because we are, we are one unit. We are holistic. And in exactly the same way, we should never divide our spiritual and our secular because it's, we are all one. God wants his love. God wants his light his power and his character to shine through everything in our lives. He wants us to do that at work. He wants us to do that, you know, when we're waking up on Sabbath morning or or, or going for a run on, on uh, Sunday afternoon. Our lives are one continuous whole with God. And we we spend time on Sabbath, not, not, um, not putting down our work, not... Uh, not denouncing our work, but but celebrating what God has done in our lives, that he is the one who is making us holy. You know, the fact is this, is that that leads me to the next reality, which our, which our lesson highlighted, and that is that our employment, our work, is one of our greatest opportunities for evangelism, to be able to share the good news of, of God of Jesus and his soon return. Why is that? Well, one of those reasons is because we spend so much time at work, 40 hours a week. You know, we, we uh, spend more time sometimes in our work than with our, with our family. Uh, we spend uh, more um, energy at work as well. People get to see us at our work. They get to see our character. They get to see our energy levels at work. And that is why Energy and character is such a great witness. How much might, how much zeal, how much, how much um, uh, energy do we devote to our work? Are we reflecting God's power and our character, his character in our work? It leads me to one of the greatest stories about work that we have. And that is our Savior himself. You know, his ministry only lasted on earth. His earthly ministry only lasted three and a half years. For 30 years, he was was living at home. And for, for many, many of those years, he was working in a carpenter's shop, doing manual labor. He was he was working by the sweat of his brow, the son of God, hammering away in a little carpenter shop in Nazareth. Were those wasted years? Were they they obscure years that had no purpose or, or meaning? And I will say to that, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Because it was during those years that people in Nazareth and Galilee got to see the character of God in his only son, Jesus Christ. You know, uh, Desire of Ages tells us during those years that, that Jesus, if he saw somebody hungry or thirsty, would actually 
go up to them and give them his lunch. Give them his a glass of water. An incredible, incredible model of, of the, the beauty, beauty the, the sanctity, the, the value of, of work. The, the Son of God would spend up to 30 years of his life, including obviously his childhood, at work in a carpenter's shop. And this is what he said at the, the end. You know, he said, our work for others will be the thing that defines us in, in our relationship with him as well. You know, when we give a cup of water, when we give a, our lunch, then ultimately, as Paul said, we are not working for men. We're working for the Lord. We're demonstrating the character of God. We're demonstrating the transforming power. We are working and walking by the Spirit. And my, my prayer for you today is this. As you reflect on this message, this, this topic of the Christian and work, as you study the Sabbath school lesson and go through all of these texts and others as well, that you'll come to understand that work is one of our greatest opportunities. It's one of the, the tremendous God-given uh, ways of blessing others. And that you will break down those sacred secular divides. You will you'll not see it as this is my, my Sabbath when I uh, do all of my spiritual things and, and, and work is, is my secular uh, week of drudgery. No, your work is where the power and character of God can be seen. May God bless you as you reflect on this powerful and amazing message and topic.